Welcome to SoundShift, the podcast that brings together music and technologists to dig in deep to these topics and bring on some amazing guests. Today, we're here with Lars Murray from RoyFi. Again, my name is Lars Murray. You got it correct. Nice. And, I nailed uh, that. Yeah, for, for, <laughs> right from the start, we're off to a good start. Um, I'm a, uh, uh, I, I guess I'm a veteran of uh, music and technology. Actually, I, I would define myself as an OG. And, and my definition of a music tech OG is somebody who put up a web page in 1994. If you did that, wow. then you qualify as OG. It's a very small club. Um, but I've been doing music, or digital technology, I'm actually digital strategy and marketing uh, for a very long time, since the, since the early 90s uh, at various places. I started out uh, at an indie label in Boston called Ryko Disc, mm -hmm. where I did mostly strategy. Um, again, putting the label on the web back at the time, pioneering MP3s and things like that. Uh, then I spent about 11 years uh, doing marketing at two majors, <clears throat> first at Virgin and then at Columbia. And then I spent uh, three and a half years at Pandora, where I was uh, charged with building relationships with the industry because Pandora was a bit of an outlier, more of an outlier, it was actually kind of an, an <laughs> uh, an antagonist. Uh, the, the the labels and and Pandora didn't really uh, get along very well for the first ten years of Pandora, and then we had to change that dynamic. And it took us a couple of years, but we managed to do that. And since then, I've been doing a uh, a combination of music tech consulting and uh, and also podcast production. So that's amazing. You have a very impressive background. When I whenever I hear Pandora, I remember back in the day where I could not get Dave Matthews off of my Pandora playlist. I swear there was some kind of partnership that just played Dave Matthews on everything. But <laughs> it was it, it was I, I could I can say this with a, with a, a, a lot of uh, and it was part and parcel of a lot of the battles I fought. It was actually very organic, according to the algorithm. Mm -hmm. they, they they it was very natural and any any sort of there was no deal. Um, and in fact, um, that was one of the problems for Pandora before I got there, that there was no deal. I see. And, uh, that, and Pandora was very, very accurate in, you know, in predicting what people wanted to hear, hear what they really wanted to hear as opposed to what they said they wanted to hear. On the other hand, you know, I personally have never been that much of an algorithmic listener. I was more of an, I've always been an on-demand person mm -hmm. and you kind of tend to be one or the other. Um, so, you know, Pandora was very successful at what it did for, for a very long time. Um, and, uh, you know, but unfortunately, uh, it, it kind of got overtaken by Spotify. And while we're talking about music, what have you been listening to recently? What are some of your favorite tunes? I, I've been listening to a lot. I am a playlist person. So I have, you know, probably four or five playlists that I assemble on a yearly basis. And they're anywhere from 30 to 75 songs. Wow. Um, I go through whatever recommendations I get from, uh, from either Spotify or Amazon music. I sort of prefer Amazon music because of the sound quality. Um, and then I, I throw them all onto a playlist, listen, 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 refine, 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 and then do sort of best of playlists twice a year. So, uh, recently, uh, I've been listening to, I'll just, I'm going to go through a couple artists, like Definitely. the, the, the artists that I've been it. listening I, to I, the I'm most. I'm curious. Um, uh, it's, it's kind of weird. It's a, it's a, it's a strange, uh, combination of kind of straight up rock and then sort of hyper pop. So like my two favorite acts right now are the nude party, which is a great rock band, you know, who are just like blowing up as a, uh, as a, as a live act, um, sort of a garage, um, garage back act. And then, uh, 
100 Gex, I'm listening to a lot. You know, I love sort of hyper pop and it goes, recall it's like the B-52s and things like that. I'm going back and, but you asked them what song I was listening to. And because Blur put out a record this year, which happens very infrequently, mm -hmm. I've probably been listening to uh, uh, St. Charles Square by Blur more than any other song in the, in the recent weeks. So um, oh. with the new Blur record. So Blur is pretty much my favorite that's, artist that's your, the last 30 years favorite yeah. of all time yeah 30 <laughs> years yeah it goes back beyond that but but yeah anything anything damon albarn whether it's gorillas and whether it's blur oh, i was I lucky enough to work with both blur. of those bands so it was you know that was that was a lot of fun so that's amazing. I, I would say that what I've been listening to isn't isn't as cool and trendy as that, but I've had Young Gravy on repeat all day today. Mm -hmm. <laughs> that new song, You Need Jesus, that's that's been uh, loop, looping on my. <laughs> I, I I don't make I, I I I don't make judgments for, on myself or on other people about what's cool <laughs> or what's not, especially uh, um, yeah, especially as things move so fast and everything's so fragmented. So. Yeah, I'm I'm very very proud of all of the the sometimes could be considered cringe music. Definitely love me some Nickelback, you know, but, <laughs> but that's great. I don't think I'm allowed to say nice things about Nickelback. You're I think that's breaking the rule. You're not allowed to say nice rule, things but, about Nickelback. Uh, yeah, I'm not, uh, yeah, I'm not sure, but. I should have had alcohol on this podcast because okay. after one, one to two shots, I, my theory is that every American just secretly loves Nickelback. We're just all suppressing it. I think you're right about that. I, I actually, I think, and I think, I think, I think it's a, it's a dynamic. You were just trying to hide it, but now that it's in the, in the open. It's a, it's a dynamic uh, that is inherent to Nickelback. And uh, I hope they appreciate that the dynamic for what it is, which is a, a one of a kind phenomenon. Definitely. So. Well, shout out to Nickelback. Love them. Uh, but today we're here to talk about the future of music and technology and would love to hear a little bit more about what you're currently working on at RoyFi, how you're empowering artists and just what the future of music looks like from your perspective. Oh, well, uh, I think I can get through a little of that in the, in the time allotted, but, um, yeah, the, well, the, 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 we are here, I am here to talk about Roy Fi, uh, which is a, uh, a company startup, uh, fintech startup, uh, focused on the music industry and the mission of the company is to provide, uh, advance or what we call fast forward funding to primarily independent artists, but also artists who are signed, um, and also songwriters, uh, who, want to take advantage of the money that is due them mm -hmm. without having to wait quite as long as they might otherwise so that they can put that money to work to build their careers. So um, RoyFi uh, is both a provider of, of capital, which is really key, and also technology. So, um, and we're primarily trying to partner with uh, distributors, the people who pay out royalties, um, to extend their ability to fast forward that financing because, you know, any artist has to wait for their earnings, you know, for anywhere from, you know, in, in a really, really good system a month to, you know, 18 months or more. And there's no reason why they shouldn't be able to access those funds to build their career, you know, ahead of time. Definitely. And I love that. And I had a sync placement that I haven't seen the money yet. And it's it's been a year and coming from a technology background, I'm, I'm thinking, why is this? <laughs> all we need to do is just figure out um, what are how we connect all these things together. And it seems like we could fix the problem in a day. But do you think it's just the gatekeepers that don't want to fix this? Or why, why do you think that this hasn't um, been fixed yet? I, I don't I don't I try not to be too judgy about 100 year old systems mm -hmm. um, because they have their own inertia. Um, and it is very difficult. There, there are gatekeepers, 
there are reasons that things take long. There's, I mean, the, if you want to be benign about it, it's accurate accounting takes time. If you want to be less benign about it, um, the longer somebody holds on to the money, the more they can play the float and do things like that. Um, it's some combination of that along with technological, um, uh, you know, inertia. And to be fair to the music industry, they have they have to deal with more technological change faster and usually at, at the bleeding edge of all media, Definitely. Um, which is why it's hard to change things. On the other hand, um, they're you know, there are there are certainly people who don't want to make things work faster. Um, I tend to think that a lot of progress has been made more than I would have even predicted about 10 years ago uh, on that tip. However, it takes a company like Arroy Fi to come in from the outside and say, look, this is how it should work. Um, we're going to we're actually going to base what we do on the way it can be rather than the way it's always been. Can you point to some examples of artists you've seen that are really doing a great job of monetizing? I think it's very hard in today's landscape. There's a lot of um, artists that maybe are relying on streams, which doesn't seem to move the needle too much when you're an independent artist early in your career. Have you seen anybody doing anything really amazing with brand partnerships or, or financing? Well, the, it's hap it happens all the time. I mean, and, and it's I mean, brand partnerships are tough if you're independent, if you're fully independent, because there aren't a whole lot of people looking out for you. Um, but I mean, generally, every every artist is like its own fingerprint. You know, they, they have a different mix and you can take certain models and apply them across a lot of artists, but you can't take the same model and apply it to everybody. Definitely. Um, and I mean, I think if I were if I were looking for uh, a model that generates the most money right now or the most margin, <laughs> Tell me. the most well, the most margin. I mean, you know, the margin is in it, it's 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 a cliche, but the margin is in touring and merch, you mm -hmm. know. And those things, and this is a, again one of the reasons that I'm that I'm very excited about what Royfi is doing. Those are capital intensive. You know, they're high margin, but it costs a lot to mount a tour, <laughs> and it costs a lot to even buy the merch or the vinyl that you want to press up. Sure. And so, in a streaming economy, the, st the streaming, like you've got this. The, if you're talking about a classic marketing funnel, you've got, you know, TikTok at the top of it. You know, you've got and TikTok and the and the radio services <clears throat> and radio at the mm -hmm. top of the funnel, and then you've got the streaming serve the on-demand streaming services, and then you've got things like you know, you know, vinyl sales and and touring and merch, and those are those are the the thin end of the funnel, um, and and it filters down to the super fans. But when you start out, um, what you want to try and do is 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 find those super fans. But if you can't access that, you can get out, you can blow up on streaming. You might not see your money for again 18 months um then your 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 moment may pass before you even get to invest in yourself so so we, we were talking about super fans how are artists today finding their super fans because i know um streaming platforms like spotify you can't actually see that you can see oh it's great i have these super fans but you can't actually see who they are um that you have to i mean i'm i'm a a zealot about building a direct uh a direct connection with your artists. And there, there are a lot of technologies out there that will do that. Um, there's, uh, there's one in particular out of England uh, that, uh, that I'm kind of a fan of. It's called OpenStage, um, which allows you to basically have a dashboard for your, your entire fan base. And it, it collects information in a very uh, 
very user friendly fashion and and sort of non threatening uh, way, you know, to to collect those super fans. But there's a lot of tech. I mean, the techniques are are pretty clear. You you start with a with a, a piece of content to get some attention, and then you try and you know give people an incentive to sign up and and stay connected. And that's everything from you know merch discounts to figuring out where you're going to tour. Um, there's there's all kinds of things that you can do. It's mostly mostly content. Um, and that's the best way to do it is to have, have a couple of different levels of content and a couple of, and also connection because, you know, mo if somebody is a super fan, they're going to want connection with you. And there are bands up and down the, the, uh, the, up and down the, the sort of, uh, you know, size gauge, <laughs> you know, who are extremely good at it. I mean, the jam bands, back in the 90s, the jam bands kind of, and the, the Grateful Dead and then all of their offspring kind of pioneered a lot of these things where they decided all of a sudden, well, well before the rest of the industry, that abundance in music distribution was fine mm -hmm. and that if they made the music widely available, that they would then have a large enough audience that they could figure out how other ways to make money. You know, they were ahead, you know, nobody really anticipated that recorded music would completely bleed out. So there was kind of niche back then when recorded music was the main uh, revenue stream, but they were very well positioned jam bands in particular for mm -hmm. that super fan uh, moment when, you know, after Napster, the recorded product was no longer was sort of on that on the, at that time it was just on the, uh, on the slope. Um, and now it's, you know, it's really not the best way to make money for artists. One thing I wanted to move into is, I know we don't have a ton of time, but yep. we really wanted to touch on AI since that's the hot topic mm -hmm. of today. From my experience, it seems like a lot of artists that I talk to are very scared of the future of technology mm -hmm. and AI. And I, I saw this clip the other day, someone getting very upset about AI and then going, and we don't even know how it works. So. <laughs> yes, all of that. Um, I think, I mean, my, my perspective, having done digital in a long time, is, for, for a long time, is that um, every time something like this comes along, uh, people panic and then they adjust. And so what, what generative AI is very good for is for generating or fleshing out ideas. Mm -hmm. It's not going to, I mean, I don't think in the long run, it's possible that in the short run that anybody in their garage can churn out a copycat hit. I think it's a lot, it's a little bit harder than people think to actually do sure. a really good copycat. I think there's a lot more behind the curtain than, than we see. Um, but I do think, and I, I experience this in my life, if I throw a bunch of ideas at ChatGPT, you know, for, uh, some directional stuff, you know, it's pretty good at sending it back. I haven't ever written anything with myself with chat GPT that made me happy. It's like, I always have to rewrite it. Even if it's like a, an outreach, uh, to a friend, it, it'll, it'll throw something back and it'll be like, it needs yeah. to be adjusted. So I think, you know, generative AI is a, is a way to fast forward ideas. Just the way a drum machine was the way to fast forward ideas. And people freaked out about drum machines when I was in high school, you know, it's like the drum machine, the drummers are all going to go away. It's like, no, they're not. You know, the drummers are going to stay here. And when drum machine music becomes uh, completely ubiquitous or when auto-tune becomes completely ubiquitous, it will start to sound generic mm -hmm. and then everybody will move on to the next thing. And that's probably what's going to happen with, with AI. Um, and it'll happen on a, number of, on a number of levels. But I think when it comes to, 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 to creativity, 
Um, there will be some really big winners early on. Certain parts of that will be incorporated into everything that people do, but I have a lot of I have a lot of confidence in the ability of artists to innovate and for also the cool kids move on, you know, and if something becomes that ubiquitous, it becomes devalued mm -hmm. and then people will look for the high value thing as well. So definitely, I would agree with that, that artists can use it to accelerate their creative process and they don't necessarily need to be scared. And I a hundred percent agree that you can type whatever into chat GPT but then you actually need to go back and make it sound like your voice. It's never going to replace you. Mm -hmm. It is funny for, for some things. There was um, someone that owed me some money and I said, write me an Eminem diss track just for my own <laughs> late well, that, night amusement. Yeah, I mean, I'm like, this yeah. this slaps. This this made me feel better. Thanks. Any, so anytime someone owes you money, you're gonna, yeah. you're in a fight, you know, just ask it to write a diss track to your favorite right. uh, band or artist. Well, it's kind of like, I mean, it, it, that's, it's sort of like the audio, potentially the audio equivalent of like a, of a filter of a, like a Snapchat filter, you know, and Snapchat filters didn't replace <laughs> normal stuff, but they made, they're good for, they're good for a laugh, you know, and you know, any kind of any, anything like that. And all of the, all of these things, they start out being the whole thing and then they end up being part of something bigger. And would you say now is kind of that gold rush for AI? Is that something that you really think artists should be exploring more if they're not interested in because you think there's a lot of um, revenue potential in that? Or oh, Well, I think I think that, I mean, AI to me does look a lot like the web looked in about 1995, mm -hmm. you know, where it's going to be part of what we do. You know, it's going to be part of everybody's life. Um, it's something that, you know, people should be educating themselves on and trying and kicking the tires on. And it may not be for you right now, and it may not, you know, give you any, uh, benefit in your daily life, but it's, it's going to, it's already, it's already been built into certain things too. Um, and understanding how, how it works and why it's doing what it's doing is, is, is pretty essential. And I think that the people who are on top of it will be able to move faster and will be able to, to take advantage, mm -hmm. but I mean, back in, you know, 95, 96, it was like, wow. <laughs> and this is why I don't make time predictions. <laughs> you know, as soon as I saw my first QuickTime video on the web, I was like, well, all video will be on the web, you know, and we're going to be getting stuff through our, through the internet in the future because I can get any, you know, anything that's there, I can access when I want it. And that took almost 20 years. So and wow. seemed very obvious at the time. And that's why Mark Cuban is a billionaire because he saw it and bought up a bunch of big server farms, sold it to Yahoo for $4 billion or something like that. And that that's where he got his start. So on that note, what are your AI stock picks? I'm oh just, God, I'm I don't get it. No answer is on this podcast. <laughs> oh boy, if I knew I'd have a completely different career. Um, but I, but unfortunately, I, I think, you know, for in terms of that, fortunately or unfortunately, so much of the technology is tied up in the, in the giants that, um, you know, nobody, people, people making a killing off it will be making a killing off the things that are developed through it. Um, and I think, you know, it's going to be immensely valuable to Google and Microsoft. Um, and, you know, but, you know, buying Google and Microsoft has historically been a pretty good bet. You know, Definitely. Anyway, so. <laughs> I'd like to jump back into talking about RoyFi and what you're really sure. excited about working on right now. Um, can you tell us a little bit about just what your day-to-day -day looks like and what you're most excited about? Yeah, I mean, I, I, I can't uh, talk about deals that aren't done yet. Um, but I will tell you what we're focusing on. Oh, it won't go is, live just, yeah. just, just between us. <laughs> um, what we're, what we're, we're, we're basically targeting, um, 
places where we can uh, the, where we can provide the most value is to um, distributors, societies, uh, publishing administrators or publishers, um, and anybody who's basically paying a royalty and anybody who's ever had an artist come to them and say, boy, if I could get an advance or a little more money off of my thing, I could go and, and invest in my career, but may not for various reasons be in a position to do that. So what we're trying to do on the, on the, on the supplier side, we're trying to extend the reach of say a distributor. So we have a deal with a distributor called Beetroot and Beetroot, if you go to beetroot slash beetroot, beetroot, B-E-A-T-R-O-O-T, and it's a small distributor. Um, but if you go to um, beetroot.com slash advance, um, you will see RoyFi in action. Oh, amazing. And so essentially what you can do is you can basically fill out an online form, upload some royalty data. Um, it'll, it takes like CSV files and, and, and royalty statements, and it will then tell you how much money based on your earnings that you are eligible to take it will then tell you also exactly how much you will pay to get that money you know uh early so it's not a loan it's a flat fee so royfi will will tell you how much you're eligible for you can decide to take some or all of it depending on how much you really wanted to turn to wanted to uh devote to whatever investment you want to make whether it's merch or uh or touring or travel or whatever because there are a lot of reasons that if you're say you're blowing up on tiktok and you haven't seen a dime and you know it's coming (laughs) and you can't even afford to 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 you know travel to la to 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 work with a producer or you can't even afford to you know press up vinyl or you can't even afford to do a bunch of things or even record your next record your follow-up that's what we're trying to enable people to do so going back to how it works Basically, you enter in some some royalty data, and it's not for everybody. I mean, you do have to have a stream. And can you um, go into a little bit about what particular type of royalty data? Because you just yeah. spoke about TikTok, so can you put in yeah. those types of metrics or well, any, what exactly? Any, and well, basically, we work off of statements okay. and an actual you know a- actual payment. So if if you have that data, and it, there's a bunch of different forms, and I'm not going to go into all the detail, sure. but it's pretty it's pretty forgiving. Um, you upload that data, and either if it's if it's really clean data, it can basically tell you in minutes that say you know if you're that that you're eligible, and I'll just use round numbers. You might be eligible for a ten thousand dollar advance, and then it'll tell you for the ten thousand dollars to get it now. You know, it only it won't go Your first out. Firstborn child. I'm just kidding. Yeah, and well, this, uh, this is the thing. That's what everybody else is asking for, and. Um, it will tell you exactly, and it, it varies based on, it's also tied to interest rates and prime interest rates, like what we can, the deal that we can give, the better the interest rates are, the more we can pass along, but we do not charge interest, and that's that's And key. that's incredible, that's yeah. amazing, that's what I loved about your technology yeah. when I first heard about it. So it's a flat fee, so you get the flat, it'll say, and I'll just throw around numbers, and Peter, the CEO, sure. may kill me for throwing out these numbers because they may or may not be okay, accurate. We'll just cut it. Just, 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 so, but if you're you're eligible for ten thousand dollars, and okay. it's going to cost you, um, like the, the the ultimate recoupment will be eleven thousand five hundred dollars. So you don't you're not paying anything up front. It just means that when you've got when you get to eleven five, you're free and clear. Got it. And the other thing, and free and clear is actually even a bad way to refer to it because we're not collateralizing your catalog. There's no we don't have any claim on the catalog. We are actually assuming the risk. So if we give you 11.5 five 
and you in two years you only earn eight eight thousand, you know, we're still attached to you until you pay it back, but nobody's coming for your catalog. You know, nobody's nobody's basically nobody's coming after you. We've we've taken the risk. And that was a that was a you know, if if you're not earning at that rate, the the risk is on us. Got it. And you want to tell everybody the URL one more time? Yes, it's uh, beatroot.com slash advance. Boy, I hope I got that one right. <laughs> um, and uh, so, and that's that's where it's working. And then royfi.com has has some uh, has some uh, some stuff you can look at as well. Um, okay, you want to spell that for everyone just as we're, as we're speaking, yes. just in case. Thank you. Thank you. R is in? dot com. So it's Roy, royfi, like hi-fi, except with a Roy on the front. Perfect. So I guess the last question that we're going to ask is, where do you like to eat in New York City? <laughs> Tell us, please. I'm actually starving. I don't know if the stomach grumbling got picked up on the <laughs> recording. Oh, boy. That's a it's a big city. Where I, I'll give you an area. I, my, I'm very partial to uh, Jackson Heights. Jackson Heights. Okay. Jackson Heights is, is, and it's not fancy. It's like unfancy, but Jackson Heights is a place where you can you know, get a uh, uh, Pakistani kebab and then walk next door and get uh, the best taco and then you can walk next door and you can get uh, the best dumpling you know the best uh, like Himalayan dumplings Nepali dumplings and then walk down the street and get Filipino and then walk down the street it's just Jackson Heights is amazing and it's 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 why I live in this city and we love supporting local restaurants so you want to name drop anybody or uh, I'm I'm a big fan of the Nepali place Uh, uh, it's called Nepali Banchagar they have uh, this amazing dish called Joel Momo, which is uh, it's lamb dumplings in a kind of tomato sesame broth. And it's just, I go there as many times as I can. Ooh, that sounds good. I'm going to have to check so, that out. And they have another thing there, rice donut. It's called the cell roti, and it's a rice donut. And that sounds really weird, but it's amazing. Ooh, so. that does sound good. I, I need to head up to Jackson Heights. Yes. I, I'm headed to the Mermaid Inn after for, uh, I, I love some oysters, not sponsored. I just, I, I really <laughs> like the oysters and the drinks. The Mermaid Inn is, is, is awesome. I've, I've always loved the Mermaid Inn too. They took so. down the one in the Upper West, uh, which is where I live and they're going to pop it up again. Yeah. And the East, the East Village one's not there. Where is it now? I don't even know. Um, it's, it, there's a couple, there's one in the East Village and there's one, we're going to go to the Times Square location. So yeah, where's the one in the East Village? Cause the old, the one in Maybe it's not the East Village. Maybe it's West Okay, because the one on Second Avenue was closed, and I, that was alarming to me. So mm, but, I don't know, but I am headed to the one in Times Square, so got to figure out a way well, to push all the tourists out of the way. But <laughs> I would never do that. <laughs> Enjoy. So Perfect. Well, thank you so much for joining us today. And if you want to, one more time, just drop those URLs so everyone can follow RoyFi and stay up to date with what you're doing. Uh, RoyFi.com and... Um, I think RoyFi.com is really the best one, the beetroot, beetroot.com slash advance, but you have to be a beetroot artist. So, got um, it. And God, we didn't even talk about we're doing services too. We've got a deal with Foundy where if you uh, use, if you use your royalty funds with Foundy, we actually, we get a, a referral fee. We actually apply that referral fee back to your advance. So, oh, amazing. So if somebody, so, so you, it's essentially a discount on Foundy for, um, for people who are using Roy So Fi sign up for Royfy and I'm going to get all the referral fees. Just kidding. So, this is not sponsored, but anyway, so, so no, there's, there's, uh, there's, yeah, there's, and we're, we're working on other deals. That's the other thing about Royfy. Sorry to, to prolong this, but we are also working on ways to get, to provide value to the people who take the advances so that they're, they advance dollars that they take, that they're actually investing them in their careers and that they're getting more money. They're getting more. They're getting more bang for the buck out of what they're doing. 
So amazing. And anything else you want to add about RoyFi before we wrap today? No, just uh, yeah, RoyFi.com. Check it out. Um, you know, keep an eye on us. And uh, you know, we're it's very it's a mission mission driven company. And you know, it's it's able to do it again, as I said before, because they have uh, they have patient capital. They're not you know just trying to cash out immediately they're actually trying they're really mission driven toward making you know something better for artists doing it giving them a better deal which you have to be and um it just structurally they're able to do that and perfect that's why i work with them so. <laughs> well we're excited to see where the company goes in the future and if people want to find you anywhere where do you recommend uh me personally yeah. oh wait uh, uh, Roy, oh, me, uh, LinkedIn, I guess. LinkedIn, I okay. <laughs> yeah, LinkedIn, <laughs> Lars Murray. Lars on, uh, <laughs> yeah. on LinkedIn, and yeah. um, we look forward to continuing the conversation in the future. Thanks for joining us today on SoundShift. Thanks, Ariana. And that's a wrap.